Welcome to CII Radio. I'm Tim Groves, Programme Development and Partnerships Manager for the Chartered Insurance Institute. In this episode, Ashton West chats with Sarjit Nanua about his career path and his role as a data protection officer. This is a special series called The Evolving Profession, charting new careers in the insurance claims community. Our claims community board members will be speaking to colleagues about their roles and how they got into them. This is the fourth and final episode in the series. In this episode of the podcast, Ashton West, who's chair of the CII Claims Community Board, will be interviewing Sarbjit Nanuwa, Data Protection Officer at Waitman's LLP. Here is a discussion between Ashton and Sarbjit. Okay. I have the pleasure of talking with uh, Sarbjit Nanua. Um, and firstly, thanks, Sarbjit, for sharing your time with us today. Um, I know that currently you work in the risk and compliance team um, as a DPO or data processing officer for Waitman's LLP, um, who are, of course, uh, providers um, of legal services in terms of um, handling personal injury claims for the insurance industry. And this, as you also know, Saab, is one of a series of sort of conversations with people who have um, developed their careers from pure technical claims handling um, into other areas um, of, of business, other areas of supporting insurance claims, but not directly in the technical claims handling. And I know from personal conversations with you, this is a pathway that you have personally traveled and we'll be hearing more about that in a moment. Um, I think you've also traveled geographically uh, uh, during your career development as well. So why don't we start at the beginning, Saab? Um, I believe this was probably the attainment of a law degree, but no doubt you'll tell us more in a moment. Um, so I'll move straight on to asking a series of questions and kicking off with, Saab, please give us the background to your career, introduce yourself, say what you've done to date, how long in claims and what roles you've done, please. Hi Ashton, um, thanks very much. Um, well, as you said, my name is Sarbjit Nanua. I um, am the Data Protection Officer for Waitman's LLP. My current position, I joined the Risk and Compliance team uh, on the 1st of August last year, following my predecessor retiring. Um, I'll probably flip the switch back a little bit further down. I started my career um, doing a law degree uh, at Leicester, De Montfort University, Leicester. I having great university, great university. Yeah, if I might it is, know. it oh. is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, thoroughly enjoyed my degree. And then I did the legal practice course. Um, halfway through the course, we were told start applying for training contracts. But even in those days, they were few and far between. I applied like mad. Um, and at the end of my LPC, hadn't secured a training contract, but had applied to various law firms, went on holiday. And just before coming back on holiday, I got a call from a firm, high street firm in Lancashire. So I was, I was Midlands based, so it was about over 100 miles away. And I secured a job with them in their personal injury department. 
as a paralegal. Then I worked my way through the firm from PI, doing just general PI, clinical negligence, um, housing disrepair claims, just a mixed mix bag of litigation and secured a training contract, qualified, got my training contract, finished my training contract, and then I moved back to the Midlands, got another job in a claimant PI firm, and then stayed there for four years and then moved across to the defendant side. And that's where I've stayed since. So before Waitman's, I was at another law firm doing PI. And then I joined Waitman's in 2011. I started my career Waitman's as a assistant solicitor in the disease claims department. I stayed as an assistant solicitor for about three to four years when my current team manager uh, left. There was an opportunity to become team manager. I applied, secured the role of team manager and worked as team manager for about 12 months and then moved from my old office in Leicester to Birmingham. Having moved to Birmingham, I was there for about a year before I inherited another team because the other team manager in claims had decided to leave as well. So I inherited two teams in two geographical locations and I stayed as a team leader in claims for about, so total journey in claims for about 10 years and went from associate solicitor to principal associate and then stayed 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 there as principal associate and team manager up until first of July last year when I joined Risk and Compliance. So your, uh, in summary, I guess, your total background, in maybe some different types of claims, but largely in uh, personal injury claims uh, yes. up until relatively recently when you moved in a completely different direction into um, the Risk and Compliance thing. Uh, fantastic. So what... what what interested you about your current role? So, I mean, that's quite a big shift, what you've done there, moving, you know, because most people think their technical expertise in what they do is is their values. So it's quite a big thing to do to step outside of that. Um, what, what interested you, Tob? Um, I didn't claim for such a long time. And I always thought there's got to be, oh, I would like to do something something different. I want a new challenge. I'd done what I'd, I'd been doing claims in the, in the disease team for so long, for 10 years, that I decided I wanted a fresh challenge. And I just didn't know at the time whether it was one, one, it was one department. Or the, I was kind of going between two different departments. I was trying to work out which of the ones which I wanted to do the most. And the DPO role in risk and compliance interested me the most because it was, was so different. The, the work was so varied. Being a claims handler and a team manager, although I managed a team of two different teams and I also case handled, I was really just doing the same thing you know, most of the time. And with this role, it was very varied. There's lots of things to do. And most importantly, I'd be getting the opportunity to look at policy. How do we do things? How can we make things better? Which I wouldn't have done in the claims environment because it was all pretty much process driven 
So those yeah. prices have already been laid down. So this is always something that's, this is an aspect of the role that I really, was really interesting for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the great thing about risk compliance, of course, is it, is it looks across the breadth of the organisation. Mm. Yeah. So you, you do see a much wider perspective. I understand that. So what would you, um, Saab, what would you say today are the key challenges and opportunities in your role? Um, the key challenges for me, since I've only been with risk and compliance for, say, eight, nine months now, mm-hmm. the, the hardest challenge I've encountered is getting up to speed with the knowledge because I've had to deal with – I've been dealing with this role as DPO at the same time, um, undertaking a course, the Practitioner Certificate and Data Protection. That course uh, was through distance learning. So at the same time, I'm the course, I'm doing the day-to-day job as DPO, learning the role. And it's been a very steep learning curve. And it has been difficult times, but I've had I've got a great team. They've been very supportive. I can reach out to them. Um, guidance and where I'm where I'm lacking knowledge they can help me um, and so that's so knowledge and experience is the key challenge here that's been the greatest challenge um, and there's a there's, as I said earlier on because it looks across the breadth of the organization there's mm. a lot to to take on board yeah absolutely so uh, looking back then and what you learned in claims can you see um, some of the skills and knowledge that you learned in your times of claims, how useful has that been in, in transitioning into your new role? I think it's been um, instrumental in what I've been doing now because as DPO, the first, you're having to look at an issue, uh, whether it's a breach, a notification of a breach, or an issue that's arisen in terms of data protection. Your key skill as a litigator comes into play because you're looking at the facts, you're trying to understand them and investigate what has transpired, and then you're looking for a solution. You're looking at those aspects. So it's good investigation technique, which is a key part of a litigator. You're looking at you're looking at rules of evidence, disclosure, or processes. So your knowledge of CPR is a good firm background because a lot of this is about process knowledge, and it's always around evidence or disclosures of information and how it's happened. Time management is a good tool I learned from claims because you've got a massive case, you've got a a, a big case. So sometimes you might have 30, 40 cases. When I first joined, I had a lot larger caseload. So it's all about managing your time efficiently. And those time management skills have been what I've moved across in terms of compliance because there will be uh, key deadlines you have to meet fairly fairly quickly um, prioritizing tasks as you would do in claims um, you know looking at what's due next when's it due how long have I got um, and also um, my my overall knowledge in terms of from a, from a claims perspective looking at causation limitation uh, and breach now breach not so much not so far as limitation as well but certainly causation when you're looking at a loss has been incurred yeah. by somebody, and then you're looking to look. Is there a, is there a, a chain of causation there? Has there been a loss? Absolutely. There's um there's a surprising amount of synergy <laughs> from uh, between the two roles from that mm. description there. It's, it's it's fascinating to see how you can sort of 
lift and shift quite a lot of that um, and, and make use of it in, in the new role, but across a broader spectrum, really. Very interesting. Thank you. Um, so moving on to sort of, sort of personality and, and – um, uh, and behaviours. What what do you think are the sort of uh, ideal traits in a candidate for this sort of job? So uh, less the actual technical skills, more mm. about the sort of competences. What what do you think might make the ideal candidate? Uh, I describe think, yourself. Describe I'm, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I always believe I'm a good communicator. I I I try and and, and give clear message clear dialogue i try to avoid technical speak but as much as i can i um good organizational skills i think are important i think if you can be a good communicator you can get your message up, message across better um I've, i think a good understanding of just litigation i keep going back to litigation but i think it's really if i hadn't done litigation i think this role for me, would have been a lot harder to transition to. Um, so, being able to absorb information quickly, good communicator, good good prioritizing of skills, and just being calm under pressure, because yeah. pressure is is there's a lot of pressure, especially when you're working to uh, deadlines at large organisations, and there's only one DPO. So, you're having to f- field questions, queries. The reports of data breaches, um, going into meetings, products, innovation. So lots, lots of different, lots of different roles, lots of different tasks, and you're all having to do it all at the same time. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Very interesting to to hear how you know there's so much involved. Um, this might be because you've not been in the role all that long. I don't know whether you've given any thought to how how, how do you think the role might evolve in the future. Any thoughts on that? I have only been in the role for probably less than well less than a year at the moment, but I think it's already evolving insofar as technology is is getting we're at the forefront of technology now. So some of the, the software utilising um, in the past I would have used it in claims, but probably not very much at all, and probably to a limited degree. Whereas now in this particular role, I'm now utilising software uh, that we have. I know more about it, how it can, how I can use it more efficiently, and it's going to be more software coming down the line to make my role possibly a little bit easier. A lot of it at the moment is is a lot of manual work is involved, whereas with with more technology, it probably will be easier. So, for example, duplication of emails, sifting mm. through emails, trying to find documents, that search facility it will become easier. Makes um makes dealing with, a, for example, a subject access request a lot easier. And also, I think the role may evolve as, is as the firm grows, the team might grow. I might, there may be scope for me to have another person in my team to work with me so I can delegate tasks probably a bit more uh, and then can give me more opportunity to look at training, look at policies, look at processes, things that I currently do do, but my time is obviously split between other tasks as well. So probably use of my time more, more in that direction. And, yeah. Let's, thank you for that. Um, it, it is always difficult to try and you know, see the future. Um, so 
but you're already seeing in the time you've been doing it some sort of uh, changes. So that's um, that's very interesting. And this uh, again. Um, uh, it might be difficult, but have you given any thoughts as what you might see as your next move? Are you, you know, is it about consolidation where you are, or do you see this as a stepping stone to something else? Um, well, I'm not going to. Well, I'm, I'm I'm in my mid 40s now, and my plan was to get to a stage where in the next six, seven years, I was going to probably look to go part-time, probably slow down a little bit. Um, so my next career move was would, would be to, well, to stay where I am currently. I'm very happy doing what I'm doing. I want to gain the experience. So we're looking at least, at least the next two to three years doing this. And then if there's an opportunity for me to uh, move to the next level, say legal director, that's probably where I'd like to end up. Um, but I appreciate there's lots of there's lots of things that may happen in the interim. Yeah, yeah. I can't, which may no. may change things. But ultimately, that's where I'd like to be. It's always difficult. You can't foresee the future. Um, but it's probably good to have some sort of uh, um, without without getting too fix, fixated by it, but some sort of uh, broad outline of where your future might lie. Okay, thank you for that. Um, you've obviously learned from what you've been saying, so a lot of new skills. Um, you, you're seeing the organisation uh, across everything it does. Um, how do you think the skills that you have acquired in this time and are continuing to acquire um, might enhance the organization's performance in terms of claims handling? So in your risk and compliance role, how is it enhancing what the organization produces in terms of the service to customers and claims handling? Um, I think knowing what I know now in data protection was a lot more than I would add when I was doing claims. Mm -hmm. I think it would have made my job more efficient, quicker utilizing software which I didn't know the full capabilities of would probably have made my job my previous job in claims quicker my ability uh, when looking at looking at for example disclosure looking at redaction looking at the way I where the way I investigate it's it's what I do now probably would have made things far quicker for me okay that's um, that's Maybe. worth knowing because that sort of uh, you know it's really it helps I think organizations maybe put some of this information into the the, 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 um, the knowledge of handlers so that they that they take the learning on board really yeah I also think in this in this in my current role I have to make decisions quickly. Mm. Because there's there's deadlines and there are consequences when not making a decision. Um, because if, if if for example we in a, if if there's a report of a data incident, I only have 72 hours. I have to make I have to investigate, make a decision, and report. So it's it's having that ability to just look at things quickly, absorb them make a decision and i think sometimes in claims we do even even in my past and i've, and I've done it made probably a lot, lot for 
few times where you don't really get to a decision very quickly. You you think about it, maybe you prolong making that decision. Doing what I do now probably makes me allows me to make those decisions quicker. Yeah, the the thing is about claims that there's always you can, you can always um, do a bit more investigation to put off making the decision. Decision, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And that's 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 one of the things I wish I would I wish I'd, I had been able to do that sooner. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's a good lesson there. So it's a good lesson on the subjects of, of lessons or more advice really rather than lessons, but. One of my favourite questions, really, I'm going to finish on this one, is is what's the one piece of advice that you would give to someone who was interested in pursuing the career role change that you've you've made in recent times? I thought, I mean, thinking about this question, if I if I was if I was speaking to myself at this time before I joined, before I moved, I'd be saying just have confidence in your ability. I think some, a lot of times we look at things and look at the description and think, actually, no, it's not for me. We don't we don't investigate. We don't ask questions. If I had just, I mean, I, I know I wanted to do this for a while, but I just never had the courage to just ask a few more questions, find out a bit more about it. If I had done that, I probably would have done this sooner. Um, so that's my my advice would be just to have the confidence in your ability, make those inquiries. Don't don't just, don't put it off. Don't be put off. You, you know, there, there's lots of skills in in all of us. We we do things for a number of years. Just have the confidence to just put yourself out there. And 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 it's not it's not it's, and I would and I would and I don't think it's been a risk for me at all. There may be some people think actually if I take that step now maybe I'm going to. Uh, put myself at risk by, you know, salary dip or, you know, maybe I won't like it after six months or I'll end up coming back. And I don't think you should have that those doubts in your mind. I think if, you, if you've made the decision, act on it, take a chance because, uh, you know, it, on more, more occasions than not, it does work out if you just persevere. Go for it. Yeah, that's a brilliant piece of advice to end on, if I may say so. Um, absolutely brilliant piece of advice and one that I, I would echo. So, look, Sarjit, it's been um, an absolute pleasure talking to you and listening to your fascinating journey and, and uh, um, what you've, you know, the move that you've made, the transition you've made into this new role. Um, I wish you every success in it, which I'm sure you will have. And again, big thank you, Saab, for um, sharing your very interesting story today. Thank you. Thank you, Ashton. Great talking to you. Thank you to Ashton and Sarbjit. It's great to hear how you got into your role and what it involves. This is the latest episode in a series of a podcast from our Claims Community Board, but you can listen to the previous three episodes on CII Radio. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode of CII Radio. To find out more, visit thejournal.cii.co.uk forward slash podcasts or follow our LinkedIn page, CII Claims Community, or on Twitter at CII Group and at CII Claims. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.